Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at And welcome to another installment of the world-famous number one podcast, In Bed with Nick and Megan, starring the illustrious Nick Offerman. Good evening. Featuring his poor wife, Megan. <laughs> and today, <laughs> today, extra super special guest starring Mr. Jackie Blackie. Jackie, Known to you simply as Jack Black. Hi, Jackie. That's, uh, hi, how are you? I love it. I love it when you call me Jackie. Jackie Blackie. I've always called you that, I think. You're like the only one who calls me Jackie other than my cousins up in uh, Washington State. Maybe we're related. Maybe I'm a cousin of yours and it's in the blood. Maybe. We you have... from Spokane? Could oh, be. I love Spokane. Spokane. Hell of, of a town. Home of White's Boots. Is that right? Yeah, really great old school custom uh, lumberjack work boot company. That's Did, your go-to boot, the White's boot. Yeah, that's my jam. I never knew that about you. <laughs> I did not expect this to take a sharp left into uh, work boots, but here we are. I took you for a Timberland kind of guy. Someday. those are, That's my yes. cash. Don't you have red wings also? Yeah, I'll wear a red wing. How what about Sorels? I like podcast. them Sorels. That's nice for for a, a medium uh, hike. A nice Sorel. We're here to talk about boots today, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Boot Talk. So, yeah. Text us with your any boot questions you might have. That's I not true. Some, I bought Please some cowboy boots uh, recently. Oh, I saw you dancing very. Yeah. Uh, uh, on, I'm, I was. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that I've never seen anyone dance quite that well wearing cowboy boots. Thank you. Yeah, you know, uh, it's actually real good if you're doing a heel toe kind of dance. You can spin on that heel oh, almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Almost like a, an infinite amount of twirls. You're the, so um, 
graceful, but Thank also you. a lot of those moves, like those Russian sort of squat kicks you were doing, that yeah. requires quite a lot of strength. It's crazy Thank the you. athleticism that you display and the height of the kick that you kick like above your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's limber. Well, I haven't had any formal training, but you know, a life of musical theater will lead to those kinds of skills. I saw you the first time at the Old Largo on Fairfax oh. way back in the 90s. Oh Tenacious yeah. D. And uh-huh. I thought Every and everybody in there thought, "Who the fuck is that guy? He's so amazing." We both were. It was such so great that you know your band so great. But how did that all come together? I mean, we we now and you very nicely. um, We perform at Largo now. I have my band Nancy and Beth, which Mm -hmm. you know very junior to tenacious d but you came and played with us once that was so nice a hundred percent love nancy and beth Mm. um how how did your whole largo thing come about well you know we we were kind of on the scene doing our our tenacious d routine around 94 was our first kind of official gig and we we played a, a a little place called called uh al's bar in downtown la Hmm. there's only like 12 people in the audience and we only had one song it was tribute we were opening (laughs) for a friend of ours uh steve marmarco he had a band called the abe lincoln story we uh you know we approached it with our usual zeal like we were playing to a hundred thousand people but it was really (laughs) just some uh drunken hipsters and david cross he was in the audience. He was one of the drunken hipsters. And and he gave us our next gig. He was like, hey, do you guys want to come play uh, this sort of like live version of Mr. Show in the mid-90s? And and then we, we started playing around town, little, little clubs. And then um, eventually we landed at Largo. That just became like the place where all the indie comics were, were going and doing shows. And and that's how how uh, how we discovered it. And I ended up living like right across the street from Largo, right behind Cantor's Deli. Oh yeah. So yeah, so me and Kyle would be uh, writing jams over there, and and then we'd just walk across the street and play it at Largo. It was a real sweet deal we had there for a while. I feel like I must have seen you in '96 or '97. There would that be about yep. right? That's yeah. about right. That's the time. God, so cool. What uh, What was your go-to sandwich at Canners? Tuna melt all the way. Tuna melt with some some of those fries. I've had it, man. That tuna melt is sick. It's so good. Yeah. Oh man. You know, everybody used to go to Canners. Do they still? I don't, I don't think know. so. Not as much. It might be. It might be uh, if I'm in a certain mood my electric chair meal i might say hey before you fry me hook me up one of those sweet tuna melt and fries from canters and the thing you? i like to do i have a technique with my my canters tuna melt squeeze that tuna melt till some of that cheese and tuna drips off onto the plate mm-hmm. scoop it up with a fry oh. but don't forget to dip it in a little bit of ketchup Oh, <laughs> those flavors together. 
How That's, are you? How are you planning to get to death row? Oh, I could. I, there's no way I would deserve it. I would never do anything that would deserve that kind of a of a of an end. But uh, mistaken identity. Yeah, I think it was a guy that looks just like me did something awful, and um, framed me. There's a DNA. I don't know what happened. By God, we'll get to the bottom of it. All right. We'll um we'll get you out if that happens. And we'll bring you um canters in the car when we pick you up. Although, you know, they say that anyone is capable of anything under certain circumstances. There there's a certainly some decent people serving life sentences that just were were pushed to the brink and they is there anybody so I, that if you were in a restaurant, is there anybody that if they walked in, you would walk out? Because I think oh. I would do that if OJ came in. Probably oh do God. it if our president walked in. Yeah. Um, if OJ came in, I would definitely <clears throat> quickly check for all the cutlery on the table. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? There, This is real. There's a new book that just came out. About yeah. Mitch McConnell. Did you hear about this? I can't remember the name no. of the guy who wrote it. It's called Mitch, Please. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> Isn't that great? That is it's great. so funny. Mm. Um, is there anybody you would want? Who would you? You know, the thing is, Mitch seems to thrive on that, though. He he uh, he celebrates his, his role as the Grim Reaper. He loves right? it, yeah. yeah. He likes it. In fact, there's a whole movement on the right that celebrates the you know the triggering of the left the tears yeah the cruelty is the point. oh yeah that's the delicious nectar that they thrive on so oh i try not to give them the satisfaction of being too uh yeah upset by their bullshit an endless stream of bullshit that seemed to be designed to make me furious that's a good. That's a good stance of, of wisdom when you have a group of people who openly admit that they enjoy causing people pain. Yeah, they're like, yes, that's our and, thing. And they're all Christians, though. Yeah, of course. Don't forget. But it's a great stance. So how that, do those that two you've things Jack, go together? To make sure you take a deep breath and say, <laughs> you know what? But that's the Christian thing to do. Is that's what right. we're talking about. That's right. You turn the other cheek. That's yeah, right. which they do not do. No. Um, okay. So, Jackie, yeah. um, what were some of the funny, fun things you wanted to talk about today? Well, the first thing I'd like to talk about is the email that I received that said, hey, um, instead of asking you a bunch of generic questions, uh, they're ac- actually hoping that you will come up with some things that are on your mind that you want to discuss. And uh, my immediate reaction well, was, of course they want me to do that because that's pure gold. <laughs> if I bring them the things that I most want to talk about, that's like, that's a deep reservoir of magic. Of course they want that. <laughs> and so I hunkered down last night and, and just started writing down the things that I, I'm most obsessed with. And, when I look at my list of things on my iPhone uh, note app, it doesn't look like solid gold. But here goes nothing. <laughs> You'll be surprised. 
I'm really obsessed with this Tim Heidecker guy. I don't know if you've heard about him. He's a <laughs> he, he's a, a comedian who yeah, we, who's, we know. he's yeah. on that uh, that Adult Swim an awful <laughs> lot. It seems like his his uh, absolutely uh, production company is responsible for like seventy five percent of the content on Adult Swim. He's yeah. like everywhere, and like everybody else's show, he's responsible for tons of stuff. He's deeply enjoyable and 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 runs yeah. this great gamut of like the the most wonderfully stupid, uh, bizarre comedy, but also yeah. is incredibly intelligent and yeah. Has a, Great sense of satire at the same time. So you share my obsession with this Renaissance man named mm. Tim Heidecker. Mm-hmm. I, I, I refer to him as Beef Boy these days. Beef Boy. That's his new jam, Beef Boy. But, uh, you know, he also ha- has produced, like, wh- what's this kid? Uh, Nathan for You. Yeah. And uh, Nathan Amazing. Fielder. Yeah. And uh, tons of other ones that I can't remember right now. But, um, the one that I'm most obsessed with right now is, is this little show that's like a, a, a movie review show called On Cinema at the Cinema, <laughs> where he and his buddy, Greg Turkington, also known as Neil Hamburger, just sit down and it's it's kind of like a Roger Ebert, you know, Siskel and Ebert style, except that Tim doesn't really know anything about movies and even though his name is Tim Heidecker on the show, he's this sort of asshole right winger version of himself. <laughs> and you, you watch these episodes, they're only like 10 minutes each and everything gets five bags, bags of popcorn. That's their rating system. And, and over the course of these like 12 seasons, there's like more than a hundred episodes of, of on cinema at the cinema you really start to focus on what's happening behind the scenes of the show in his personal life. And there's all kinds of stupid, insane drama and drug addiction and the intrigue that you get kind of sucked into this universe <laughs> of stupidity and the bickering between these two guys. And then they talk about a new TV show that Tim Heidecker is doing that you can also go see that is within the universe of the, this asshole character he's playing called Decker. And he's like this <laughs> right wing uh, action hero. And it's the fucking worst piece of shit you've ever seen. <laughs> but it's so hilarious. And I'm trying to think of any other comedian who's out there that has committed so intensely to not just a character for for one show that goes on for hundreds of episodes, but two or three shows that stay in the universe of this reality that he's created. I think that he's kind of a, a genius. Nick, do you remember what the bit was that he did with Tig? The very first time we saw Tig, which was in the small room at Largo. His bit was, he was doing this bit where he was pretending to be new at stand-up. So it was uh-huh. him, very simple. It was him doing a clumsy <clears throat> novices stand-up, um, and and his his main joke was like he was he was teasing out he was trying to tease out a sense of humor around the different kinds of coke, 
where he's like talking about Diet Coke. Uh, but then there's Coke Zero, right? <laughs> and <laughs> was, and so there aren't any actual jokes. He's just no. listing the different kinds of Coke. And he, <laughs> that was probably the first, we found out who he was. We were so smitten with him. And then from there, uh, turned our attention to Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. But so I now tour and like play an acoustic guitar and, you know, sing songs that I've written. And I was playing this weird uh, festival in northern British Columbia. I forget the name of it, where everybody camps out for like three days. Bumber Squatch or something. And and, and everybody uh, has been like doing mushrooms for three days. It's, it's day three. Me and Tim are about to go on one. I'm following him in the comedy tent where there's like 8,000 stoned people standing in the sun. And he says, man, this crowd feels terrible. Like I, I don't think they're, they're gone. Like there's, there's no jokes. You, we need to like, just get up there and create a spectacle. So he's, he said, I'm just going to try this out. Let's see how it goes. And he just pretended that he was tripping on acid. He went on stage and like his hat, his his like trucker cap precariously perched. He would like do these bits and like look at his hand. and But then his hat would fall off and it would scare the shit out of him. He kept, he's kept terrifying himself with his falling hat. And I just I stood backstage and said, I love the courage, the absolute fearlessness of this guy. And because the thing is, he's, he's taking a huge risk. He could totally bomb. They could like boo him off the stage. But instead, the, you know, they by and, and large adored him and screamed for him. <laughs> he's great. Well, it sounds like he was right, though. They, they were probably frying on acid. Oh, and so he, yeah. he just thought he's going to fight fire with fire. He's totally. going to see their acid and raise them. They uh, recognized and... his every nuance. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we we share that. Uh, we share that uh, appreciation for yeah, the, we the performance art. Mm-hmm. All right. Just, uh, next, yeah. next on the list of your musings. By the way. We're never going to get through my list. I made such a list. We could go honestly for five hours. Does it seem like I'm yelling? Because mm-hmm. my Bose headphones are making me very quiet. So I'm kind of like no, talking no, loud you're, enough. It you're seems normal. like you're enthusiastic. Okay, good. Yeah. I am I am projecting. I'm embarrassed by some of these, but I'm not going to skip any of them. <laughs> but lately... I've been very moved by Joaquin Phoenix's performance. And I know this is dumb. He won the Oscar. Everyone knows he's fucking great in in, in Joker. But I just feel like it, it needs, I don't think it gets enough discussion. Okay, well, tell us, because that was um, one of two movies we didn't watch because we didn't want to go that dark. Didn't want at yeah. the, time. the bummer content. I no, mean it, the whole tone of the movie, but at the you know at the time we might reconsider that. So so tell us all about it. I agree, and to be honest with you, I didn't want to see Joker for the same reason. I thought oh, it's going to be a drag. I, I heard that it's a dark, gritty retelling of this legendary you know 
super villain. I was like, no, thank you. But my son, Sammy, my 13-year-old boy, who uh, obviously is too young to go see this movie, was dying to see this movie <laughs> and, and made me promise. And I, and I used it as a bribe for doing some kind of a homework assignment or something. For some reason, I was like, if, I'll take you if you do this. And he was like, deal. <laughs> so we go to the arc light and watch it. And um, Joaquin crushes it. And so does Todd Phillips. It's like this uh, amazing, I, I, I was so blown away. I was not expecting it to be a deep, dark parable for our times and for. During the time it came out, I was going through a hard time in my life. So mm. I decided to forego it. But I think yeah. now I really want to see it, actually. Is well, that weird? Yeah. No, I mean, based on, <clears throat> apparently he does a very good job of acting in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does incredible. I read a, I read a piece that said that. And, um, uh, I think basically the things, you know, the current events made the idea of like a well-crafted portrait of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. or, or like, you know, the basically uh, in in a way, an updated taxi driver slash king of comedy. Totally. Where I was like, yeah, I don't like, I think later on when we're feeling good and the sun is shining and there's no virus sweeping across the nation, maybe we'll take a look at Mm -hmm. Joker. Well, for a while I was angry at it because I was like, hey, they really borrowed a lot from King of Comedy and and Taxi Driver. But then after talking with a documentarian friend of mine, who uh, I, I really respect his his uh, his take on it, was saying, "Yeah, but everything's been done, and it's a it, it's an art form in and of itself to do, you know, for lack of a better term, mashups of old movies, and it's not really recycling if you if you uh, pour your own creative take on on a combination of old movies." And to Did, say, hey, I want to make a, a, a superhero movie from DC Comics, one of the most famous iconic characters, but I want to pour it through the filter of these two Scorsese films. And to pull that off is a monumental feat if, and, and, and has to be it, – it, it got my respect. And I love those movies, Taxi Driver and, and King of Comedy, so – so initially I was I was defensive and I felt like, hey, this is bullshit. You can't just steal other. No, that's a good that's a great lesson for the modern day. And uh, it reminds me of when when Greg Daniels uh, and team decided to make an American version of The Office. And yeah, and the world, all of us comedy heads, especially were like, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. Do you do not touch? the work of Ricky Jervis and Stephen Merchant. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, he made it and we were like, yeah, this is clumsy. It's, Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, this, Oh, this is amazing. Guys, pull up a chair. Yeah. Ladies, check it out. Hey Jack, did you see uncut gems? I did. I love uncut gems. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we did too. And, um, the Safdie brothers. Yeah. Oh, so good. 
And that what, movie kind of... Did you bring this up because of uh, you were thinking of what other Scorsese ripoffs there are out there? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were thinking of like Dog Day Afternoon and all those movies from the oh, 70s. Right. You know, it, it kind of had well, that... Francis Ford as well, yeah. Yeah, but I loved... Um, we loved that movie and Adam Sandler was great in that movie. Hell yeah, he crushed it. Oh, it, was, I, it really made me think of that, of that uh, Goodfellas second half when Ray Liotta is doing coke and super paranoid of like the the helicopters that are flying over him and and he's always pushing it pushing the envelope and and doubling down on really risky maneuvers that that it had that flavor to it yeah um, definitely I was gonna talk about I was gonna deep dive into the Joaquin's performance on one specific scene that I thought was by uh, that was the best acting of the movie the best part of his performance I'm not going to because it would be spoiler alert for you uh we don't Um, we don't care well I'll just say this it's on the subway where it's a pivotal scene for him when when uh He's confronted by these like Wall Street jock assholes that are harassing a woman on the, on the subway, and uh, he starts laughing because he has this mental illness where he he laughs as a defense mechanism, and then he can't stop laughing once he started, even though in his eyes you can see he's in horrible pain and fear and terror. He's still laughing and. And she uses his crazy laughing and they get distracted by, hey, what's so funny, asshole? And she kind of like w- uses that to get the hell out of there. And while she's sort of running away, he's looking at her and he's laughing. But in his eyes, he's saying, wait, please help me. Don't leave me here alone. And it's uh, it just gave me chills, gave me goosebumps in a way that I don't care about fucking acting <laughs> performances anymore but that moment was like oh i wish yeah. i could do that how do you do that it's like a magic it's kind trick. of amazing yeah when you see real emotion like that it's like it's superhuman almost yeah yeah <laughs> all right jay blanco what's next on your list that's turning out to be fantastic come on my list sucks but we must persevere we've committed <clears throat> You guys saw King of Comedy while we're on the subject, right? The Scorsese masterpiece yeah. with De Niro yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. and Jerry Lee motherfucking Lewis. Mm-hmm. Jerry best, Lewis, not Jerry best, Lee Lewis. Did I say Jerry Lee? Yeah. Um, how good is Jerry Lewis in so, King of Comedy? Yeah, he. Yeah, oh, so good. So good. One of those comedians who. Could can really turn it out when the drama well, comes around. He never played an asshole like that in any of his other films, but on mm-hmm. that one, he really. It's so gutsy how 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 um, unpleasant he's willing to yeah. be. America's sweetheart clown. It's yeah. like no, fuck you, fuck you, my audience, go fuck yourself. He's probably waiting for his entire life to be able to do something different. And but uh, yeah, in, what are you gonna say? In later years, I, uh, you know, I, I, I was as big a fan of De Niro as anybody, um, and but I've always found it really interesting that I don't think he's particularly, you know, it's obviously like uh, the Michael Jordan of acting, um, film acting, but uh, I don't think he's very funny. Right, but in King of Comedy, his portrayal of Rupert Pupkin, which, 
which is, of course, like tragic and super sad. He manages through uh, wearing the mask of Rupert Pupkin to be incredibly hilarious. Yes. But but by not but but going for something completely different. Yeah. By, go, by going for a failure of comedy, he actually hits home runs, home run after home run. Yeah. It's that desperation. Uh, and y- you get the feeling he wasn't really going for comedy when he was making it. He wanted to just get this this character, the, this guy who who wanted so desperately to to be loved and to be uh, respected. And I was I was watching it for like the fifth time or something. I don't think I've seen any movie more times than King of Comedy. I just love it and obsessed with it, that performance and 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 uh, everybody in it just hits it out of the park. Is it if memory serves, it's been a while for me, but Sandra Bernhardt? Sandra Bernhardt plays his like cohort she's so, uh, obsessive fan so of, of Jerry Lewis. But only on like the last time that I watched it, because I watched it with my son to say, now look at this movie to see where he got all that stuff for Joker. And um, throughout the movie, he 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 uh, he's talking to his mom who's off camera and she's always nagging him. And he's like, mom, I'm working on my comedy. but then at the end when you finally see his stand-up comedy routine on jerry's show he talks about his dead parents and his dead mom who's been dead for 10 years and you realize oh fuck he's talking to no one she's not even there yeah and uh, i didn't even notice that the first few times that i watched the movie that the whole time it was in his head so yeah, there's that. All right, hit us with the next gem. I think a movie that people didn't really notice last year, one of the best movies of the year, Midsommar. Oh, I want to see that because of Florence Pugh. Oh, now what is her claim to fame other than Midsommar? Well, she was in um, Little Women, and yeah, yeah. And she has some YouTube videos where she, you know, sang through her teenage angst in her bedroom when she was like 14, 15 years old. Um, But I wanted to see Midsommar. But again, during the winter, I was going through a hard time and I didn't want to watch scary, dark movies. Anything that was bleak, we were like, "Mm, save that for later. We couldn't finish watching... um, the one about the nuclear meltdown. Oh, Chernobyl. We couldn't yeah, finish I mean, watching that. We got like three episodes in. Oh like, my God. That's so the amazing. scariest show I've ever oh, seen in my life. It's, it's so, so good. I did not want to watch that at all. I was dragged kicking and screaming to that one. But to, enough people told me that I had to do it. And finally, Kyle, my partner in my band, Tenacious D. Mm. <laughs> He said, you have to watch it. And I was like, fuck, okay. And so I sat down with Tanya and we watched it. And, you know, it's one of those things where the subject matter, we already know Chernobyl. It's a nuclear disaster. Why would you watch a movie about it? We already know how it ends horribly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the details I had no idea about, especially the heroism, the people that put themselves in harm's way to to save the people of Russia and the world 
from this disaster that as bad as it was could have been so much worse. Uh, and, and now that I say that, now that those words come out of my mouth, I realize there's no time more relevant than right now with people putting themselves in harm's way to fucking... Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and the yeah. guts of whistleblowers like standing up in, in the oh, face of yes. popular opinion and, and uh, the incredibly ham-fisted economy-driven oh forces that are like, can everyone just shut up? about uh, their relatives dying because the stock market has really taken a hit. It's so relevant. It's You're so right. Crazy. And the nationalism that goes along with that, like it's a, nothing's worse than the embarrassment of being, you know, the country that has this disaster yeah. and, mm. you know, feeling responsible for that. They would do anything and then wait till the last second until they absolutely have to tell the world, hey, we fucked up. This thing happened. But wow. Um, and yeah. And there's some scenes in there where there's these uh, regular people are just like, okay, I know that this is going to end in me, you know, getting horribly sick. I'm going in anyway. Let's go. Let's go. And it's just like, it makes me want to cry. It's so, it's so brave. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's, but, uh, but I know what you mean about like these, <laughs> these dark and scary movies about uh you have to be in the right mindset to 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 take those can dives. i just ask you midsummer just based on uh the the sort of like adjectives i saw you know uh, on twitter around it and like the title is yeah. it you know is it a pagan solstice like w wicker man kind of storyline yes yeah hell um yeah. But uh, yeah, it is about a very strange little group of people and their rituals out in the, the sticks of, of uh, Sweden, somewhere in the either Sweden or the Netherlands. I'm not sure which one. And uh, and the thing is that it's, yeah, it's Sweden. It's dark and twisted, but then you question: Is it in some ways? vastly superior to the society that we live in back at home. It's a strange thing that it does to your mind at, over the course of the film where you you almost feel like you're joining this strange. Oh, good. This, this is a great session of cultural mm -hmm. recommendations. It's really <laughs> making me want to watch these movies. Dude, honestly, and maybe it's bad parenting, but all, <laughs> all of these things I wouldn't have watched. If it weren't for my my boy's uh, taste, he's got great taste in movies. Both of my boys do, but they're very dark, and I wouldn't watch these things because I I'm I'm a sensitive soul. But I'm I'm grateful to them for their uh, their bravery when it comes to cinema. I didn't realize but, um, that the guy that directed that. I just googled it. He's American. I thought I thought that was oh, like that a right? Swedish film or something. Yeah, I would have thought that too. Seems Ari Aster. I'm sorry. I'm turning your podcast into an episode of On Cinema at the Cinema. All I want to <laughs> talk about. Well, it's because of these quarantine times. Yeah. It's all about movies and it's all, what. It's all meta within meta. What should we watch tonight? You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of all I think about, but. Did you guys see The Lighthouse? Yeah. 
So good. Boom. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. I mean, one of the ways we know each other is you were a member uh, of the theater company, the Actors Gang. um, Yeah. And and we we would see each other in productions. And Megan and I uh, were in a company called Evidence Room. And the lighthouse immediately just made me think of like specifically an Ionesco production production of uh, Exit the King that John oh, yeah. C. Riley did at Fantastic. the Actors Gang. But yeah, the the lighthouse f- seemed like it could have been an Actors Gang production. Totally. So that it's a it's a movie that came out last in 2019, and it's black and white. It's super super stylized. It's two sailors in a light a lighthouse together in a remote location where uh, the weather becomes increasingly more and more problematic and it's jake gyllenhaal and uh, what's his name no it's willem dafoe and robert pattinson oh sorry yeah. Robert pattinson yeah that's right the Ooh. other gyllenhaal the other gyllenhaal i, I like that gyllenhaal too sure yeah, Rob- me too he's really but good robert yeah. pattinson I never really thought anything about the guy until the lighthouse. Holy and I was like, yeah, Shit. I saw him in something else a few years ago and I thought, Oh, okay. It was pretty was revelatory. Really yeah. 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 I mean, I, I didn't see him in something else a few years ago. So I just knew him as the guy from the werewolf Twilight. vampire movies. So I knew he was a dreamboat. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but then we so know this, he stepped up and, and like chewed some scenery in a yeah. really satisfying way held his own with the great Defoe. I mean, Willem Defoe is the edifice of weird stylized acting movies. He's amazing. What a career he's had. Uh, he really is. First time I ever saw him to live and die in LA. Oh, why did I say it like that? To live and die in LA. <laughs> to live and die in LA is obviously the way yeah. you're supposed to say it. Yeah, there's there are no hard and fast rules. But he was his face was like this mask of terror. He had this incredible look. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. That you know kind of uh, made you step back a, a few feet, but uh over the course of his career, he's had these Incredible roles. And then he has also, yeah, kept one foot in experimental theater, like the Wooster Group and all these crazy things. See, he's, he, he, uh, I, just like Tim Heidecker, I like these artists that, you know, they, you see them in commercial movies, but then they also have one foot in like, yeah, uh, per- performance art. Yeah. They're avant garde performers. Yeah. But then yeah. they can be commercial if they need to be. Do you ever d- dip your toe into the avant garde? I, that's, I mean, Megan. I, that's all I really ever wanted to do. But then uh, all I actually do is be on sitcoms. So <laughs> <laughs> it's worked out great. So maybe it's time for a little avant-garde. So, I do think so. A little off, off Broadway. Uh, or off, off, off. Wait, even. no, you can't go triple off. That's, <laughs> that's one too many. Offs. That's when you're you're risking um, <laughs> incarceration. <laughs> Every Stearns and Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now save up to eight hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsandFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. 
Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. I saw um, Willem Dafoe only a couple years ago in a crazy production at UCLA in the theater that I saw you do your one-man show. Oh, at Royce Hall. At Royce Hall doing this thing with Barishnikov. What? And it was directed by this crazy opera director named, it was like a cow, he's a Texas cowboy, like killer opera director. Super avant-garde, uh, named uh, Wilson. Was Robert it? Wilson. Robert the only Wilson. Name I would, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one. Very and uh, and it was incredible dancing and lighting and strange, uh, yeah, just like a performance art piece. But and, um, listen. Side note: If you yeah. live in the in the Los Angeles area and you're not checking out the subscription calendar at Royce Hall at UCLA, you yeah. are missing out. They have the coolest. We've seen so much crazy goodness there. Yeah, uh, across the board. Uh, let's hope that uh, we can get back there. Yeah, sooner. Uh, rather, yeah, no, but soonish. No, I, I'm thinking probably. I don't know when people are going to feel comfortable getting back into big groups of people again. Probably not not but until uh, it depends 2021. What, yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends what happens with the if, if, if there's going to be a resurgence but in the fall. This germophobia is going to stick. Yeah. You know, like well, we all just become permanent germophobes. You know what, though? The thing is, once we get that. The vaccine, that, baby. The vaccine. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Once we get the vaccine, yeah. I think then it's like, that's the silver bullet. Let's party. Because yeah. even mm-hmm. if we get it, then the vaccine zip. So let's, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about a vaccine just because science, dude. Yeah. We've got science on our side. Get the, get the blue demon uh, computer on the, on the case. It yeah. should go a little faster than, it's, than it's it did in take- 1890. Yeah, it's going to take a while, but they're going to do yeah. it. It'll probably be about 18 it. months or so. We'll be back in Royce Hall kicking out the jams. And we'll be making we'll be sweet love at Woodstock before you know it. obscure dance companies. They say you can still make love as long as you wear the mask. Oh. Yeah. Uh, honey. <laughs> Intermission. Uh, Jack. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Jack. I don't know what you don't. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. What's next? This one's painful, but I feel like I should tell. I should tell it anyway because that's always the best content. Yeah. yeah. When it cuts to the bone, the personal Here. stuff. Sure. And my struggles with my weight. I don't know if you know this, but I know I seem like I'm super comfortable with my body. I'm, you know, I do underpants dances on the internet mm-hmm. for millions, millions. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen me. <laughs> In my in my underpants, but um, the truth is, I am always struggling with it and trying to fucking lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to be. I don't want to be skinny. Honestly, I'm like 240 right now. I know that my target weight is like 215. 
I'm five, six and a half. <laughs> and a half. Who puts a half on that? Just round it up or down. Rick is hey, 11 and a half I'm, years younger I'm, I'm than five, me, not 12. I'm five, 10 and seven eighths, my friend. Yeah. I'm so glad. Okay. We've all got but, our halves. But two, 215, I think, is where I should, I should be. And five, seven, 215 is pretty heavy. You know, that's pretty big for five, seven, but I know that that's perfect for me. That's where that's my lean, mean fight machine. Lean, mean 215. <laughs> but to get down there is so impossible because I'm fucking hungry <laughs> when I diet and I like get to the end of my like calories for the day. It's like, there's no way I'm going to bed. <laughs> With I, I'm looking down the barrel. There's another six or seven hours before I fall asleep. This is not happening. So then I like, and I think about it, and I think about some of the other people over the course of history who've had the same struggles. Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Mm. Orson Welles. Ew. Well, I'm noticing a pattern. So maybe I'm a genius. The big three. <laughs> That's Orson. my takeaway. Brando, Orson Welles, and Jables, the big three. (laughs) The big three. Uh, The big three, literally and figuratively. You know what, uh, Jack, I I told you this a long time ago, I think. I first, when I saw you in Bob Roberts, uh, a great film from like 92 or so. Yeah. uh, Tim Robbins' film. um, My first film and his, Tim Robbins' first directorial Oh, nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you Ex-escapate. and you uh, it, you have a supporting role, but you play this like super intense uh, like campaign intern or like, mm-hmm. you, uh, but you're you're like kind of scary, uh, a yeah. very intense young man. I was one of three psycho fans of Bob Roberts and we were all like teenage uh, Bob Roberts uh, wannabes in trench coats and we were super right wing hardcore uh but yeah all due respect to the other two uh you stood out quite a bit Uh and i so um i i happen to know that you're about i think you're about what are you august 1969 that's exactly right august 28th okay so you're about 10 months older than me yeah so when i saw you in bob roberts i was 22 and I thought you like really spoke to me. Like I was like, I feel like I could be brothers with this guy. Like I really <laughs> always felt a real familial vibe with you. Yeah. And now we're about 50. Yeah. And I just want, I want to say it's a, it's a thing. Like I, I was uh a football player in high school and I used to be much more trim. Like I used to be, much more castable as perhaps someone who would wear tights and a cape. Yeah. And for mm-hmm. most of my adult life, I've been more husky and like it's 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 always an issue because of this society and this business that you know encourages us to look in the mirror whenever possible and then compare ourselves to whatever Brad Pitt poster is yeah. making the rounds. And uh I just want to say, I mean I'm uh, I'm very happy that I'm I, I do focus on my health when it comes yeah. to my weight, but um, I you know I would encourage you again like you know 
as we get into this chapter, this age of our lives, you definitely want to like keep an eye on your health so that you're not taking years from your life overweight or whatever. But at the same time, look how majestic your life is. Like yeah. you are so beloved. You have an amazing family. Yeah. You spread joy and love and goodness. I mean, with a with a godly power. With with a uh, when it comes to entertaining the people, you are a Brando or an Orson Welles. <laughs> and and so while we want you to be happy and healthy, I also would encourage you to, to like fucking get to a place where I, in one of my books where I talk about my tips for, uh, for delicious living, it's like rule number six, avoid the mirror. Just don't look in the mirror. <laughs> if you're getting kissed and if yeah. you're getting cast, <laughs> what do you, then what else do you need? Have a sandwich, fucking go watch some scary movies. Dude, that those are good heartwarming words. I appreciate those. It's a tough one though because, you know, I was a dancer growing up and my father also was very critical of women and of their bodies. And so I have a thing and I'm small. Like I'm a size mm. 2 or a size 4. I mean, I'm small. Megan weighs 18 grams. And I had, <laughs> and I had a good long session in front of the mirror just this very morning thinking that mm. I was a fat pig and then I was like, "Oh wait, no, I'm actually not." But it's just crazy that, you know, you we're just acculturated to aside having our aside from having our own individual mm. tr triggers you know we're just acculturated to feel like we have to look a certain way well oh. you know i recently watched that marlon brando documentary listen to me marlon which i mm. highly recommend to anyone mm. who's a fan of brando's oeuvre it's uh cool to get a glimpse behind the scenes. And what I was struck by was how insecure he was about his weight. Cause I just always assumed he doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks about him. He doesn't care about, you know, the industry or any of that crap. He eats, he's fat because he wants to be fat or he doesn't give a shit. But the truth is he did give a shit. And really? it, 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 uh, it, uh, affected him deeply how much people thought of, a about how how heavy he was and and he uh he 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 left behind this uh, uh these audio recordings that that are played throughout the intermittently throughout the documentary where he's just talking to himself it's an audio journal and he and he is kind of trying to hypnotize himself by giving himself positive affirmations and helping himself through his his need to eat and his hunger issues and it's like i do not need to eat the apple pie that makes me feel like i'm loved by my mother i do not need to do this and that and it's like oh shit wow. and there was something sad about it but there was also something that i took comfort in it it's like yeah see even my heroes struggle with weight it's not something that you know i'm alone with this is mm -hmm. like a real fucking beast Mm -hmm. that's you know it's not different than alcoholism or mm -hmm. other addictions because it all goes to the same place um 
What is that chemical that your brain releases for pleasure? Dopamine. Endorphins. Dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah. Endorphins, whatever it is. <clears throat> it triggers that same like place in the brain that uh so incredibly hard to resist and to conquer that need. Yeah. It's I mean it's 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 animal. Yeah. It's it's the it's the giving yourself the feeling of security of like okay, this now I feel like I'm safe in my cave. I've I've eaten a, a rabbit. We have we have a fire and my family is safe. All I think all of us have at least one area where we have major issues with some people it's mm. money they don't want to spend any or they want to mm -hmm. spend it all uh, too fast or or uh it's sex or it's drugs or it's all you know and with some people it's food and that's just the way it is um mm. i mean i will always until my dying day be extremely aware of everything i eat during any given day every single thing and like, mm -hmm. oh, well, if I eat this today, then I have to eat such and such tomorrow because, <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's sad. Mm -hmm. I, I've gotten a lot better and I never had like a full blown eating disorder, which is good. But mm -hmm. um, almost every woman that I know has had one, especially women in Los Angeles, like every woman I know who moved to Los Angeles from another place immediately developed an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. It's rough. Yeah, and speaking of Brad Pitt, did you check out those abs in Once Upon a Time? Oh, come on. Forget the fuck? about it. Mm -hmm. How's he how's he pull that rabbit out of the bag? You know I what? wish that he and Jennifer Aniston would get back together. Don't they know we're in a global crisis well, listen, right now and we need some good news? There's no way Brad's not listening to this. So yeah, well, speak oh right to God. him. He's even BP. It's even sadder than Joaquin, his obsession with this podcast. They might be listening it. They might, they oh, might yeah. get together and listen to it. Yeah. Like a true. Thursday night hang. Mm -hmm. It's possible that Brad uh, is is uh, is with Jennifer Aniston right now. We don't know. I wish. I wish they were quarantined together. Uh, it's possible. J Jack, here's a f interesting tangent. So uh, Kumail recently went through super the super. Oh my motion. god! Yes. So there's a podcast of um, Dax Shepard has a podcast and yeah, Dax and Rob McElhaney from Always Sunny, yeah, and Kumail. All three get to they've all done this where they go through crazy bodybuilder obsessions for ro for comedy roles like kumail was for a superhero robs was for always sunny did you see that crazy dance that he did yeah got, got insanely ripped and then dax did it for, <laughs> for a, a movie and yeah so, but so i um because i follow kumail i saw i listened to this they have a really interesting conversation where they're really frankly self-effacing where they're like okay first of all no one likes guys who look like this. Like, mm -hmm. any, like <laughs> especially three straight guys. Really ripped like that. And they're like, no women want dudes. The only people who want dudes to look like that are other dudes that grew up watching Rambo. And we're yeah. like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to get so Rambo true. ripped. But the, the reason I bring it up is because they say, they talk about Brad Pitt's abs and generally... One of the tricks for looking like that is 
is that you're actually not getting that muscular. What you're doing is uh, you're you're removing all of the water and salt mm. from your body to the wow. point of dangerous. Mm. Right. So when people look like crazy, like the Hemsworths, for example. Yeah. Th- actually, they're they're not like bodybuilders like Schwarzenegger. They just suck all of the water out of their bodies. So it yeah. looks like their biceps are like a bowling ball. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's actually really uh, dumb. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they are wonderfully funny about how dumb it is and like how narcissistic it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. And so, so I've just, I've quit drinking water um, <laughs> and I'm hanging out on my roof. <laughs> it's so dumb. I'd like to see my abs this one time though. It's on my bucket list. As dumb as and unhealthy as it may be. I'm I'm very much I'm not good at moderation. Like I don't keep I love beer so much and I, mm-hmm. I don't keep beer in the house because if I get six beers, I'm not gonna be like, okay, I can drink one a night for six nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if I think that, I've learned yeah. that I'll drink one and be like, Well, I should have at least two. <laughs> Cut yeah, two. this this feels kinda good. Another right. one's gonna feel even better. Yeah, and, right. and so I have to maintain a pretty constant vigilance. So I don't know, three or four years ago, I just finally started running. I hadn't done it previously. I started running three. And now I do four miles a day, usually wow. f- five or six days a week. And for me, that helps me. Like now I'm addicted to oh the, yeah that dopamine. But it also, then if I'm like, oh, I want to eat a whole Chicago-style deep-dish pizza, <laughs> the fact that I have to run the next day yeah. will, will maybe help me to only eat one-third, which right. is still three times too much. But. <laughs> Wait a second. Have you had a Chicago deep-dish pizza since this, pande- this pandemic began? No, no, I've not. You're not cooking that. You're not. It's not something you're whipping up in the kitchen. No, mm-hmm. no. I, I, I'm not sitting on seven pounds of sausage at the moment. Do you guys have a go-to dish that you've been eating during pandemic? Um, Nick makes a killer fucking grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh. Mm. We've been experimenting with cheeses. So uh, good. Megan found some really obscure, like the sharper the better cheddars. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of smoked gouda. Oh gru- yeah, gru- Gruyere. You put a little of that stanky cheese in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what? My wife makes a mean grilled chez, and she made one for the boys yesterday, and they mm. didn't eat all of it. And I saw it there, and I went ahead and snatched it. Uh, it had some roast beef in there, so I don't even think it's a grilled cheese. Ooh. Once there's like meat in there, mm. uh, it, it depends on the proportions. But yeah, I mean, it's one thing about getting to spend this time at home together is uh, we do get to comfort each other with delicious food items. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your I, go-to right now? My go-to, um, I've been cutting out the red meat. So what I just told you about that grilled cheese with the roast beef in it, you can go ahead and just delete that or... <laughs> <laughs> that was naughty time. Just realized that I didn't realize you what didn't I was know. fighting. I thought it was a grilled cheese, okay? Sure. I took a bite and then I was like, whoa, <laughs> what's in there? This is contraband. <laughs> but um, 
I've been rocking a lot of uh, delicious chicken breast, which mm. is not usually delicious because it's the driest part of the chicken. I like a a wing or like or a leg. leg, but hit me with that. Sorry. But lately, I've been getting into this this chicken breast with the right amount of of mustard and uh, accoutrement. I can mm. I can power that down. Uh, I've been rocking um, a lot of fruits and veggies, uh, and uh, just sort of keeping it real. I don't have a. I just eat whatever the boys don't eat, and they leave a lot. <laughs> so that's where I'm clean really getting crew. my nutrients. I'm a cleanup crew. I have a hard time throwing it away. It's like it's still delicious. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Now, here's what I want to just say real quick. I have this paranoia that we're about to wrap it up, and I've got all this fucking gold on my list. I was thinking maybe I could rapid fire them yeah. before the ending, so I can, right. I can just touch on them lightly. That yeah, sounds yeah. smart. That Bef- sounds before great. you dive in, I, j- I yeah. couldn't g- let this last topic go by without yeah. saying um, I don't know what your favorite dish is, but uh, I'll order it from Zanzibar. <laughs> okay, Zanzibar so go- is a lit. <laughs> that's from a lyric from uh, FHG. That's right. A song, a, a Tenacious D song. Uh, and really, I just wanted to say Zanzibar. There is not really a restaurant that I go to called Zanzibar or that I order from. But I just love to say it's got two Z's in it. A Zanzibar. Yeah. What a great word. And I found out later the birthplace of Freddie Mercury of Queen fame. Yeah. yeah. He was born in Zanzibar. Yeah. Anyway, so go through your list and just give us like a 25 words or less. Lately, I've been thinking about revolution. A lot because it feels like in these troubled times, you can feel it bubbling. Mm. It's right beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And if you read the comments in the comment section, there's more and more like, you fucking rich bastard. Mm-hmm. You're sitting on your... And I was like, uh-oh. Revolution. I haven't yeah. felt this kind of revolution vibe in quite some time, if ever. That's like, it's becoming real. Like, oh, yeah. If the haves and the have-nots are too separated, at a certain point, the have-nots say... Fuck this shit, storm the gates. <laughs> and so I've realized <laughs> I don't want revolution. No. <laughs> I I want Bernie. Now, well, the thing about Bernie is people said, no, Bernie is revolution. And I was like, no, Bernie's not revolution. Bernie's like saying, hey, let's change the system. Let's tax, tax the fuck out of the rich. Mm-hmm. I'm for that. Mm-hmm. I don't want, because revolution's not that. Revolution is fucking get him, drag him into the street and put his fucking head on a spike. (laughs) I don't want that. That doesn't sound good. Sorry. Okay. Next thing. Instagram. Why doesn't Conan O'Brien follow me? He follows literally 7,000 people, okay? And not one of them. I don't make the cut. There's something going on there, okay? it's He's aggressively not following me on Instagram. Oh, man. Uh, We're going to get to the bottom of another it. Another quick topic. I don't think this is a good time to be selling tequila on uh, on the internet. Uh, another, enough said. Not naming names. 
Another one. I'm going to go Bob Dylan's new song. I don't think it's a song. I think it's a poem. 16 minutes long, but it is worth a listen, dude. He's fucking talking about John F. Kennedy's passing, but what he's talking about is hate. He's talking about right now. And I was like, fucking, I, I was like kind of blown away. But then also he goes on a long, like 10 minute list of names of people that have been on the radio since John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And I don't quite understand the point of that, but listen to that song. <laughs> my hands, uh, second to last one, my hands are crispy from too much uh, washing the hands. I got like little, little, like, Little, sometimes, little, little nubbies. Sometimes they'll start to bleed. So I've been oh. putting on a little. Uh, that's one I reach Wait, for. Look. Aquaphor. Look. Our yeah, Aquaphor. We're both holding Aquaphors. Yeah. And marketing. We're, we're not getting paid by Aquaphor, by the no, way. Not no, not yet. Uh, that Aquaphor, a little coat, little coat your hands. Last but not least, I got to watch this uh, Guided by Voices documentary, Watch <gasps> Me Jumpstart. Have you heard about Ooh. this? No, I didn't know about that. I love. I used to love Guided by Voices. Exactly. I think it's time for us to re re up on What's our it Guided called? by. It's called Watch Me Jumpstart. Ooh, I'm and I've always been list. obsessed with that guy Pollard, the lead singer, uh, the writer of the songs, and I think he's a genius. And I want to see get. I think there might be. You might get a little glimpse into into the mind behind the music. Oh, man. What an incredible, resplendent buffet of delights yeah. you have presented us. Oh, my God. Jack Black. Yeah. yeah, those are all the things that I've just been thinking about. I have a whole new uh, list of things that I desperately want to watch right now, too, yeah. thanks to you. So I, I appreciate yeah. that. You were, if, if I uh, had children, if I was responsible for raising children, um, you know, oh Megan and I God. clearly are, are from the school of thought that all language should be welcome at the dinner table. And, unless yeah. it's uh, hurting another person, you know, ra- racial epithets. Agreed. Like, right. Just saying fuck and shit. I mean, the, yeah. the, who fucking cares? I mean, the cat is so far out of the bag. Yeah. People who are like, well, don't curse. I'm right. like, seriously? And yet yeah. you're a horrible racist? Is yeah. that fine? But my, my, if, in... in Whenever someone sa- suggests that maybe we should be a little more, you know, when Tipper Gore comes in wanting to censor our two live crew records, yeah. I, I would like to offer them Jack Black as a as a symbol of, <laughs> of joy and positivity and generosity who s- says motherfucker like nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Let's I have agree. actual values that mean something and that are make us be kind to other people instead yes. of worrying about saying fuck. I agree. No, that there's, yeah, profanity is only harmful if you're harming someone in the process. Like mm. you say, Let's just steer clear of the racism and the sexism and the homophobia. You can drop some F-bombs, drop them all you like. Those bombs aren't hurting anybody. (laughs) That's right. Jackie Blackie, Jacqueline Blackeline. That's another one. We love you, and we're so glad you did the the podcast, the podcast. It was my pleasure. 
My Please pleasure. Give our best to your family. Yeah, and, and we'll, I will. Let's get in a little Hayden Triplets plug here because I've been yes, Hayden Triplets. Songbook. Yeah, Family Songbook oh, yes. is their new record. It's so incredible. Good. Yes, thank it's you beautiful. for noticing and for mentioning incredible yeah. record and also amazing cameo you did in their music video, Nick. Thank it, you so much. It was a privilege. It was hilarious. I'm such I was a fan of so them. stoked to hear that you were you're doing that. So yeah, check out Hayden Triplets. They were going to be on tour right now. By the way, they would have been on tour. I think in Nashville or so. Look for them when the smoke settles, and they'll be coming to a town near you, and you can't miss them. Those. Those blood harmonies, as the Louvre mm, so brothers good. And, used to and, say. Uh, so Jack is married to Tanya, and they're, yeah. she's a triplet, and her sister Petra, one of her sisters, yes. is in my band uh, Nancy and Beth. Always awesome collabs yeah. you guys have together. So good. Love it. All right. All right, darling. We love, love you. Love you guys. Thank hey, you. next time I'm looking forward to crawling into bed with y'all. Amen. Yeah, this has been another yeah. installment of The Immortal In Bed with Nick and Megan featuring the beautiful Jackie Blackie. Good night. Good night. Nighty night. In Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Every Stearns and Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at stearnsandfoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style and you'll find the best mattress for you at ashley the new temper adapt collection at ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body conforming technology making every sleep tailored to be your best the collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.